Hey Warriors, how's it going? I hope you had a great week. I'm sorry this is a bit late, but it's because, you know, I had a lot of things go on uh, during Thanksgiving. My sister came from Georgia with her husband and got to spend time with her and uh, her in-laws at their place. And and then Friday and Saturday, you know, my wife and I spent time watching movies together, hanging out and enjoying each other's company. And I had to hang out with some friends and did stuff with them. So it's been kind of a... Uh, busy week in that sense and i just i didn't want to you know interrupt it by doing a podcast so I, I hope you guys had a blessed week i hope your thanksgiving went really well um today it's not going to be as much as a devotional devotional or like a sermon i guess you could say today it's just i just want to talk about the idea of you know being thankful um we make a holiday around this idea of thankful you know thankfulness and thanksgiving and, you know, we, we, we talk about spending time with family, with friends, and we, we spend this time making amazing food, and we do all this amazingness around Thanksgiving time. And it's kind of like, a, it's supposed to be a reminder of being thankful for what we have. It's also a reminder of thanking God for what he has done. But the truth is, you know, hey, do we spend this time understanding that this should not be just for the holiday. It's kind of the same feeling I have for Easter too. We treat Easter as if it's a one-time event and then we don't worry about Easter until next Easter. But if you think about it, Easter is it's it's more of a imagery picture of the Lord's table, which is what we're supposed to be doing often here, you know, here and there depending on what church you're a part of. But I've always felt that if we make that much effort for Easter, should we not treat the Lord's Table Day or whatever Sunday you guys choose to do it, should not be treated with the same type of zeal? The thing is, one of the things that I, I've, I've learned throughout the years is that we spend a lot of time building on tradition to the point where tradition becomes just that, a tradition. The value starts losing its, its peace to it. And there's not this joy and excitement and, and thankfulness for what has transpired. Now, the Lord's table for me, you know, I remember growing up was, you know, that one Sunday where they handed out, you know, uh, grape juice and crackers as a kid. And then after I had a better understanding because I, I accepted Christ as my savior and I grew a bit in my faith, I understood the value of it being supposed to be a reminder of what Christ has done for us. But at the same time, I also have seen a lot of times where the sermon or the atmosphere doesn't reflect that memory. I don't know if you if you understand what I'm actually trying to say. Uh, I mean, I'm trying to trying to get you guys to understand that. I, I think that a lot of times in a lot of churches, they have kind of made that thankfulness of what Christ did. It's become more traditional and less effective to under what what has always been meant to be as a reminder now i've been in churches where they do emphasize that whole sermon around the lord's table and it's awesome but at the same time it's still crossing that line of being just a tradition you know i remember in the last church i was at you know the the emphasis that you know my wife and i entered into it for Easter time 
uh, especially the last one that we did where my wife was spending almost 60 hours a week trying to build up this whole set for the church and they loved it or at least the people loved it and it was a great like it put more emphasis for her to see the beauty behind what Easter was like but then it made me also think about you know everybody loved that one Sunday that we had this whole thing set up but can you imagine if we brought that emphasis feel you know that that desire of the importance of Christ dying you know on the cross and being resurrected on the third day every time we do the Lord's table it would not only be a tool for a reminder but a tool for the gospel anyway um I don't know how I would do that with with echo but that's just something that's been on my mind for for just that part as, as I was talking about being thankful you know in scripture we, we read about there's there's different verses that we could pick and use and and emphasize on the idea of thankfulness and one that stood out was Ephesians 5 19 through 21 it says addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart giving thanks and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ and then in Colossians 3 interesting is similar is let the word of Christ dwell in you reach richly teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts and whatever you do in word or deed do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus giving thanks to God the Father through him those two kind of coincide together because they're very similar. So the idea is that thankfulness should be a part of our church unity. It should be a part of brothers and sisters in Christ. That That's the emphasis of where it should be focused on. It should also stand behind the idea there is the studying of God's word and there is teaching of it and then there's admonishing one another in all wisdom and that's that's kind of that honest that you know we've been talking about um and then singing songs and hymns and spiritual songs that's that's worship time this is where i believe the idea of worship came in the first place to put in churches and it makes sense um if you go back to ephesians 5 it emphasizes psalms hymns and spiritual songs singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart. And it's all about that. The suggestiveness is where is your heart? Are you truly thankful? Because one of the things that as growing up, you start learning the idea of being thankful because, you know, you know we're not perfect in birth in the sense that we gain the sinful nature. And a lot of times we become very selfish. A lot of times we're teaching our children to not be selfish, be willing to share you know, that, that word of sharing. But we also need to start emphasizing in our kids and even with each other to be thankful to God, even in hard times. I remember when I was younger, um, there was this uh, lady that was kind of like another mom to me. And I was frustrated. Things just never seemed to work out for me in a lot of ways. And I just felt like like God was gunning for me, you know, like he was making it difficult for me. And... I remember God 
kind of using people around me around this time. And I remember her saying, you know what the most amazing thing that Christians do not do is that they don't say thank you during the hard times. And I said to myself, well, yeah, duh. why would anybody want to be thankful? And the thing is, she emphasized it a little bit further because in those hard times is when God is molding us the most. You know, I think about, because, you know, I've heard the statement, you know, when pressure can be good, it's just like when you put pressure on coal, it turns into a diamond, right? So that it's the same thing in real life. A lot of times when we struggle, that's when we also grow. It doesn't mean we have to struggle all the time. It doesn't mean we're going to struggle all the time as well. It does mean that we may have struggling times that may be harder than others. And there may be times where it may not be as hard and, and maybe just a slight struggle for a time or frustration. Because remember, the enemy is always constantly trying to break you. It wants you to think that, you know, these bad things are horrible. God doesn't love you. People don't love you. You know, you're a bad person. You know, you, you, you can never make it. The idea is to break you. Okay. So a lot of times when we go through this, when you start turning around and saying, Lord, thank you for this time. Thank you for this hardship. I ask that you help me through this hardship, but I thankful that I get to have this opportunity to grow. If you start looking at it from that perspective, it starts changing that whole outcome look of struggling. You know, a lot of times I think about the people that we hear where, you know, they have this terminal illness where they're going to die, but they loved God through it. I don't know how many times I've heard that before. I don't know how many times you've heard that before, but, you know, the, they were faithful all the way to the end. They, they showed Christ and everything they did. They loved Jesus all the way through. They, they were a testimony to his name. Like all that, we sit there and we go, I don't know if I could, I don't know. But the thing is, those are the times when I see that, I see a person who is thankful for the struggle, for the purpose that Christ has planned for them. And that is profound for me. It is something that I have regularly had to basically learn. I have had to struggle on my own, in my own th things, my own issues, my own, own personal battles, let alone even with my wife and the battles that we've gone through together. These struggles have molded me, have put, put, put pressure on me to the point where it felt like it would, it, I would just break. Um, there is times where I felt so much pressure that it started affecting my health and it started changing my attitude. I, there's times where I was angry at God. There's times where I was angry at myself. There's times I was angry at other people. But the thing is, in those moments, I am thankful for them because after I'm learning and growing from it, removing the blemishes, removing the, the issues, God has shown himself through them to grab me by my hand and helping me walk through the the dark valley the the valley of death and you know that emphasis and i've learned to be thankful and as hard as it may be to be thankful for something like that being a, in a struggle you have to learn to be able to say lord you know show me what you're doing through this even though it's meant for evil, I know that you have something good that can come out of it. So show me. 
Show me how I can stand firm in your faith. Show me how I can stand in courage. Help me to look at you and see you through. Because, you know, like I've emphasized and talked about before, you know, a lot of times men think they're facing life alone. They're in the battle of life alone. They, they face everything alone. And so they stand there with their armor of God on them, their shield, and they're walking through the, the smoke. And a lot of times it feels like we're so alone that there's no no one else sees what's going on until God blows some of that, that fog of war out of the way. And suddenly you realize there's other guys who think they're walking alone. And then you, you guys come together because you're starting to reach out to each other. You know, you're calling him, hey, come over here. And suddenly now you have this giant wall of men that are unified, that are encouraging and building up one another through prayers and you know, worship, um, just encouraging words, wisdom, studying together, uh, giving a guy a hug when he is having a hard time crying with him. I mean, the thing is, we don't talk about a lot of this stuff when it comes to men. But the other thing we also don't talk about is being thankful for those struggles because we think we need to figure out the answer. It is the typical thing when a guy sees a struggle or a problem, they want to fix it. So we never thank God for the struggle we go through. No, we're so focused on trying to fix it that when it doesn't get fixed, we become angry, bitter, we become stubborn, become prideful. We don't open up to anybody. We don't share. And that's why, you know, when I say that, you know, cry with another dude, most of you guys are probably like, crying, no, it's for wimps. No, it's not for wimps. Sometimes you need to cry. You carry a burden. Most of us men, we carry so much burden on us that we think we can handle it because that's what a guy is supposed to do. But that's not what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to give every heavy burden to the Lord. We're supposed to share amongst our brothers and sisters in Christ. We're supposed to pray for one another. Just to encourage one another. Just to build up one another. See, the thing is, we sit there and we try to figure out how we can just take on everything. When in truth, being thankful is letting go of things that is that that we that are good, and also letting go of things that are bad. Just saying, Lord, thank you for growing me during this hardship. Even though it was horrible, I am grateful that you have been able to take what was meant to destroy me and build me into the man I'm supposed to be. I really don't know what I'm going to title this, but the idea is that thankfulness is always just focused on being thankful for things that you get. But a lot of times, thankfulness is being thankful for the situations that you've been placed in. Thankful that even though I'm struggling with money, God still provided money for me. Being thankful when my truck broke down and I can't get to work and I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I'm thankful that I have people that can help me. My, my marriage is falling apart and I don't know what to do, but I'm thankful for the men that have stood behind me as I was dealing with this. See, those are examples that we don't see thankfulness in our head because we keep thinking thankfulness is just... Uh, getting something but in truth it's realizing who the the sovereign god is and through our faith and our struggles and our battles and our situations we suffer we struggle we go through these battles 
to recognize that we have a God who loves us through it all. I want you guys to think about it as we take a quick break. Hey, warriors, and welcome back. We've been talking about thankfulness and from a different perspective. Um, a lot of times we struggle. We, we, we see shame in ourselves when we struggle in a lot of these things, when we can't fix things. But when you start looking at it as a thankfulness for the Lord and what he can do through it and how he can transform you through it, how he can build you through it, how he can help you become the man you're supposed to be. Because a lot of times going through these struggles will get, will actually mold you into the type of man he needs you to be. Because a lot of times breaking pride sometimes means breaking pride to the point where you're down at the bottom of the barrel. Because you're so prideful, you don't see any of the other signs that God may be trying to do to get you to let go and give it to him. You know, I mentioned a few episodes ago about um, the massage and there's the trigger. And when I made my statement, it released. It doesn't mean I've let go of everything that has ever happened. And I'm starting to try to figure that out. You know, is there stuff that I have never let go and just said, you know, Lord, you know, I realized this happened to me. Or I was thinking this way and I need to just let go. You know, because my life isn't going in the direction I had hoped it was going to go through. And it's been a huge struggle for parts of it. But God has shown me, you know, my parents have always been there. My wife's parents have always been there. My sister has always been there. I had, you know, friends at times that have been there. And I still have friends even now that are still there. But it's in those moments that I didn't, I didn't, even though I did feel alone, I wasn't necessarily 100% alone. Because, you know, you do have Jesus. You know, I, I know people hate, they're like, yeah, but your kids see him. Well, that's okay. You may not see him, but he's never walked away from you. He's been holding your hand. He's been carrying you. He's been lifting you out from the floor every time you fall down. So he has been absolutely faithful. There is no doubt in my mind. What we keep forgetting is that because we're so focused on the goal ahead, or like, you know, been living a poor life and all you keep thinking about is that opportunity job to be able to be able to make better money and be able to do all blah 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 right you have that goal set ahead but you're so focused on there that you don't realize the things that god has been doing to prepare you to maybe go there or maybe even a different direction that you weren't expecting because it's a it's the plan that he has for you the will that he has for you and it's going to be better So the question is, do I have regret? Sure. Do I wish my path was different? I, sometimes I do. But then when I stop and think about it and I see the struggles and the situations and the battles and the, the life struggle of getting to this point today, I'm grateful and thankful for them for what God has done. You see, in Romans 5, 1 through 4, it states, therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our suffering, knowing that suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character and character produces hope. 
And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who is given, who has been given to us. You see, it's where we have our eyes set. We are justified by faith and we are given peace. But if our eyes are so focused on the the negative, the darkness, the, the storms, we can't see God through them. We can't see what he is doing through them. We can't see him putting his hand out saying, Hey, Bill, I'm, I, I'm right here. Just, just reach out to me, son. I love you. I'm right here. And we're so focused on how heavy that storm is that we don't reach out and we get to the corner, huddle up into a ball and just think, man, my life is horrible. I hate this job. I hate doing what I'm doing. My marriage sucks. Why did I marry this woman? And we start focusing on everything negative around us. And to the point, it starts affecting everything. We start blaming everybody. We start pointing at everything around us and not at the one person who's allowing it, which is ourself, to be influenced by the world, to be influenced by the enemy, to be influenced about self. Because you got to understand, we are prideful people. We are. It doesn't matter who you are. You could be the best, nicest person on the planet. You're still living by pride. Because pride always sneaks in. And it's always trying to get us to see the negatives through things. And you could be the most positive person. Does not mean you do not struggle with pride. It also does not mean you don't struggle at all. I have met many of a person who's appeared very happily and has everything going for them. The truth is they're struggling just as much. It's just like I talked about how it may look like other men don't seem to have any struggle and they seem to have everything coming together. They have all the money in the world, but you don't know their hearts. You don't know the challenges they've gone through to get to the point they were at. And even if they were handed money, it doesn't mean they have happiness. A lot of times we focus so much that, that if only we had the money, things would be better. If we only had the money, things would be better. In some ways, yes. But where your heart's at, no. The only way you could find that peace that you're longing, that hope that you, you believe is there, is through Christ alone. Because the thing is, you have to go through these hardships to build you into someone who has hope. To understand what it means to rejoice in suffering because it gives you endurance. Because it produces character. Godly character. Men of God character. And we could sit there and mope grind our teeth, rip our clothes, as like it says in scripture, be angry, resentful, revengeful, avengeful, I guess, revengeful, hate, holding on to the hurt, believing the world is against us, which technically it is, but 
you take it to the next stage. Blame your parents, blame your siblings, blame friends. Sometimes it is people in your life who has influenced you and has caused issue and has tormented and has created the character that you have built built and established in yourself, but doesn't mean you're bound to it. Because remember, if you allow things to control you, they will. If you're willing to understand what it means to let go and release yourself from the enslavement of those things... Because yes, you know, people have hurt you. But if you allow that hurt to be your slave owner or your master, then you're going to be bound to that. You're going to live around that. You're going to build a a world with it. And it's going to turn into resentment. It's going to turn into anger and hate. It's going to turn into, into a frustration that binds you into what you're trying to do for the future that God has planned for you. You know, people who struggle with anger struggle with this too. They, they have a, a connection to whatever has happened to them, but they allow that what has ever happened to them to control them. And they should be handing it to God and say, Lord, you know, I have all this anger. Remove it from me. Allow me to have peace. Allow me to be able to see you through it. Build up my endurance. Build up my character. Give me hope. Through all the stuff that has happened to me. And I've hold on to it. The, the key thing is holding on. Stop holding on to things that are keeping you from being thankful. From seeing the hope in Christ. To have peace. To take on that grace that we've been given. To understand the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. The key thing is don't be enslaved by things that have gone and happened to you. Whether it's wrong hurt. Whether you're angry because things never work out. Whether, you know, the path you had planned just didn't happen. You know, it just seems like every job, people are just, you know, you, you can never make it up. You can never make it anywhere. Reach out to God. Let go of these pains and hurts and struggles and and just don't be obsessed by them because then it c- takes control. I know we talk about the fact people on social media and how they could just be like, it seems like their life is surrounded by it. Well, it's the same thing for all these other sins. No, to me, in some ways, when you when social media becomes your world, that's it's in its own it becomes a sin in itself because you have been basically re- removed yourself from other responsibilities. The focus of living your life in your social media, and I'm not talking about jobs. I'm talking about you know instead of spending time with your family, you're focused more on TikTok. Um, I'm not talking about you know if you make a living in the online world, but you spend you know hours and hours and hours and hours and hours. Just scrolling through Facebook and ignoring your kids and your wife or your husband. Some of you guys, it might be ladies. Um, ignoring other family members or not doing things when you should be doing stuff. You're like when you should be at the church helping, you'd rather be at home looking through social media. See, that, that's what I'm talking about. And that's what basically what some of these issues that you may have are doing is they're they're become your social media you focus everything around them which keeps you from serving god keeps you from helping others keeps you from counseling others that may be going through the same thing 
Keeps you from doing what you're supposed to be doing at work for people. Keeps you away from maybe even asking God if there's something more for you. Maybe you're a younger guy and you're trying to figure out about college and stuff. Well, you're focused so much on trying to make the money, you forget about asking God what he wants you to do. You want to do the big career. See, that's the whole point. And the idea behind being thankful for the situations that you go through, because at the end of things, it builds you, molds you, creates you into the type of man, or if you're a woman listening, a woman of God that you're supposed to be. That's only if you stop looking at the issue straight on as your focal point. Focal point is God, and he'll pull you out of the guck, and he'll show you amazing things about you, about who he is, and the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. You can be transformed. So I want you guys to really think about it this week, and all the things that you've probably been holding on to, sadness, hurt, pain, abuse, anger, vengefulness, um, pity, pride, hopelessness. Seek God out through it. What what is he what can he do for you? And then be thankful for those struggles because if you're seeking out God, God's going to show you how he can take what was done to us and transform it into something amazing. To help others, to help you become the like like it says in Romans 5 to create endurance and character that you would never you could never imagine in your head. And if you after you think about it, you realize if you didn't go through some of this stuff, you wouldn't be the godly man that you are right now. Because if you think about it, look at it this this way. If everything good just happened to all of us after we accepted Christ, like nothing bad ever happened, how much would our faith be real? How much would we actually understand how to endure, how to love, how to care for others, how to reach to others, how to be thankful for things? You see, sometimes you need to have struggle to help us have a better understanding of things that we do have already. It's sort of like the same concept when, you know, love becomes more fonder when that person that you love is not there anymore or is away for a time. And it's true. Same concept. You can't better understand God's grace, love, and mercy until you go through things where you have to be challenged in those areas. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this time. I ask that help us to be a better steward of understanding of what it means to be thankful but also a better steward of what it means to let go of the things that have happened to us so that we can have a better understanding what it means to be thankful. That we recognize that all the battles and struggles we go through is because you have a plan to mold us and make us into men or women in, uh, of God that serve and love and obey you, who understand what it means to endure, what it means to have good character, what it means to have hope, to live a life that's fully surrendered into your will, to your hands, so that we have a better understanding of what it means to be a follower of Christ. Sometimes it's going to be hard. Sometimes you're just going to bless people like crazy. Sometimes it may be a mix of both. Sometimes there might be loss. Sometimes there might be loss of job or situation or 
the the plan that we all had is suddenly changed into something we weren't expecting help us to understand that and be able to just let go of things that are just holding us back that we have allowed ourselves to be enslaved to and instead of being enslaved let go and be free to do your will i pray you work in any man's heart today who's struggling with this that you could make things clear that you bring men into our life you bring sermons into their life you bring the pastors or whatever it may be to help them get to this next step of just letting go of issues from the past that could be holding them back from doing what you have planned for them teach them how to be thankful for the struggles because it even every scar that we've gained can be filled with gold and we could be renewed with a new beauty of change that can transform us into the men and women of God that we're supposed to be. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You guys have a blessed week, and I look forward to seeing you guys next time. God bless.